Hey friends, we are on a roll. We're going to keep going. This episode is called Variables and Feedback Loops. So here's a less, here's actually a case where programming has made me a better fly fisherman. The other way around than what I had sort of advertised so far. Variables and Feedback Loops. So learning fly fishing, getting better at catching fish, is similar in this way to troubleshooting code and even writing code. So when you are debugging a problem in your program, you learn whether or not you know this, you learn to isolate variables. Because when there's a problem, it could be a million different things. Who knows what it is? And you have to fix a bunch of things. By fix, I mean like hold them still and find one thing and vary that one thing and then test it and see if that affected the outcome. If not, hold that thing and try a new variable. If you just go like shotgun changing all sorts of things at once and not nailing down one thing that by variable, I don't mean like a programming variable. I mean like things that vary, you know? So if you don't do that, you it, your process is slower. It's more arbitrary and it's not methodical and it's uh it's the life of pain and it's interesting that i'm saying this now and i'm thinking well of course everybody would always you know like uh, isolate things that vary as you test you know or debug something but i often don't do this myself it's something that i always have to remind myself it's like nope stop be a good boy and isolate the things that vary and test them in isolation and then drill down this is the way this is how you debug programs. You isolate variables, you find something that affects another thing, and then you drill down to the next level within that thing that varies. What else can you change and other things can you fix and observe the differences, right? Okay, so there's that. And then coupled with that in this process of troubleshooting and debugging is feedback loops where you make that test where, and I don't mean a lot of these words I'm saying, I don't mean like a capital T test, like running a unit test. I mean like when you're like testing a problem, meaning you have your browser open and you click on post, whatever, submit form, and you get some weird 500 error and you can't figure out what it is. And so, yeah, so that process, that's a feedback loop. You put some input in, you hit that save button, and then you get some input out. So, the, well, I guess the full feedback loop is you change something about your program, you save it, you reload the page, you hit submit, and then you see the output. So that's a pretty fast feedback loop. Um, but some problems have slower feedback loops. Here's a good example of a slow feedback loop. If you're debugging a problem in CI, continuous integration, which is fancy speak for something that runs in GitHub Actions or whatever, other slew of tools that I can't think of, code ship, things like that, that uh, like let's say when you sp on, in your repository, when you submit a pull request or something, there's an automated task that runs that runs all the tests. So when you're setting that stuff up, it is so frustrating because when you hit errors you have to then change something about that ci script save it commit it push it and redo a pull request like you end up changing like a line in a readme just to trigger a new you know update on that pull request to trigger all the new ci stuff to then wait a minute and then see what changed and then repeat the cycle that's a slow feedback loop and that's the life of pain and so Speeding up feedback loops in programming is one of the most important things to improve your workflow and your debugging speed and even your code writing speed. I'm thinking of back in the day when my Webpack bundle took like, you know, what, like 10 seconds? Like every time I saved, probably even more than that at times. Nah, 
10's pretty long. Realistically, probably more like five. I don't know. But every time, you know, you're writing code and you're constantly checking it. You're writing, you know, in Vue.js or whatever, you hit save and now you have to wait. Now, fortunately, the JS community is getting past this with Snowpack and all these things that are like lightning speed. Um, you know, you save and they're using like the fancy new import module things and everything just works. And that's great. Hot, hot module replacement, whatever. That speeds up the feedback loop because slow feedback loops are death to programming. Okay. What does this have to do with fly fishing? So fly fishing, there's a ton of variables, a ton. I'm just going to throw a bunch at you. There's how murky the water is. There's how high the water is. There's if the water is deep enough to hold steelhead, if there's enough structure, if the bottom is shale, it's bad for steelhead. If it's, well, these are all things I didn't know in the beginning. So I'll just keep listing the variables. If there's shale, if there's gravel, what else? Your rod length your uh if your line is a floating line or a sinking line or a somewhere in between floating sinking line what how what size leader and tippet which we'll get into the terms eventually but that's just really fishing line on it okay on a fly rod whatever there's a fly rod has this like big you know brightly colored um looks like filament that you would you know put into a 3d printer like that kind of line. And that's not what the hook's attached to. You then have, that's what you're casting with. That gives it weight so that you can like whip this thing around. And then attached to that is some fishing line that's invisible sort of, you know, uh, that you're more familiar with that fishing line. But it's fancy with fly fishing. It can't just be as simple as fishing line. It has to be, there's a leader, which is tapered and it's fancy. And then there's a tippet, which is at the end and it's even more thin. And then you have sp- whatever. Okay. So there's that setup. What size leader and tippet, what length leader and tippet, what size hook are you using? What kind of bait, what kind of fly? Is it a nymph? Is it a floating fly or a dry fly? Is it, there's all of these different things. How much weight are you using? Split shot is the term for the weight you attach to the line to get the thing down. How much weight are you using compared to the flow? Is it, is it weighty enough that it'll get the fly down to the steelhead, but not ride the bottom so much as to like spook them or get hung up on rocks all the time? The list goes on and on and on. There's so many variables. What time of year is it? What temperature is it? What time of day? How heavily fished is it? Is it a weekday? Is it a weekend? Is there leaves in the water? Is there snow in the water? This could go on for ages. There are so many variables. So getting into this, you feel overwhelmed. You have nothing but variables. So to be a good practitioner, a good learner, like I attempted to, whatever, it took me a long time to actually have success, but I attempted to isolate variables. So I went, okay, I'm going to use, you know, I'll research it to the best of my ability to get a reasonably good reasonably good advice on something like this is how long your leader and tippet should be this is how much split shot you should have whatever and then vary one thing vary how much weight is on um or vary the length between the indicator and you don't even know what an indicator is of course why would you know this stuff um it's a fancy word for a bobber that fly fishermen use because we're too fancy to say bobber it has to be indicator but uh but yeah how much line is between the indicator and your fly So yeah, so that is actually the first thing that I just started to vary is like fishing it too long and you'd get hung up all the time. By hung up, I mean snagged on the bottom and you have to like rip your line off because it's stuck on a rock. Um, So that kind of thing. So really that's something that I'm still doing is isolating variables. And I'm much better at it now because I've had some success. I I know what works. Um, I know the, I know the, the basics. So now I can just vary one specific thing. And actually, interestingly, here's, um, uh, we're, we're getting close on time here. 
but that that banner day that I had the other day where I was getting all those massive fish um, I started getting them on one lure it's called a sucker spawn whatever I started getting them on one lure and then they uh, then they stopped hitting on it and I wasn't getting anything cast 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 nothing and so I switched it up to a different fly um, and then this fly started getting them and I started hitting them and then they stopped and then I switched to another one and then that worked and so now I'm learning like that was great because I'm like wait okay I know there are fish here this is awesome I can now vary my technique and see what takes and now in my brain I know that those three flies are all effective because before you're just guessing you're like I think this is gonna work um, but whatever so to make progress on something, catching fish is a lot like debugging, basically, where in debugging, the end goal is fixing the problem. In fishing, you're debugging your technique to get it uh, to get the fish to bite. But with fishing, there's a lot more randomness. And here's something that is very difficult. You can't speed up the feedback loop. You can do things like you can fish more to throw more, you know, uh, you have more time out in the water. So you have more of the feedback loop, but you can't really speed it up. And this is something that frustrated me initially in a weird way that I was like, this is a, this is a, this is a skill that has a ridiculously slow feedback loop. If you want to get good at skateboarding, your feedback loop is instantaneous. You try to do a kickflip and you fail and you keep modifying your technique and you learn right away when you do that kickflip, if the technique is good or bad with fishing, it is so not that way. It's insane how long it takes to get good at it because the feedback loop is so slow and there's so much luck and randomness involved. But that in a weird way has drawn me to it and has sort of, it's been a big challenge for me. It's like, let's see if you can get good at something that has a debilitating feedback loop. Um, fortunately, I love just being on the water and that's a big help. But we're at the end of this episode, variables and feedback loops. Isolate the thing that varies, speed up feedback loops if you can, and get better fly fishing in the process. I'll talk to you later.